talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to Messy Christianity. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the conversation today. Uh, Today we're going to talk about how the church can do missions if we can't go anywhere. Um, I was so disappointed this year because I had three mission trips scheduled, and I, I've been on a mission trip, uh, not hiatus, but it's been, a, it's been a little while since I've actually been able to do a, a trip, and I was super, super excited about these, and all of them were canceled because of the coronavirus. And so, um, you know, I'm trying to keep up with some missionaries through the International Mission Board and some other different sources and, and it's been tough. It's been really, really tough. I don't know many groups. We have had groups here at our own church that have been canceled as well for, for the Guatemala trips. Um, so what are we going to do? How do we, how do we deal with this? Let's assume that, that a quote-unquote normal travel schedule doesn't happen again for another six months, maybe a year. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a real possibility. So, so w- where does that leave us for missions? Because missions is the heart of the, the people of God. Now, the missions that you referred to were overseas missions. That's we correct. also have local missions that are not happening yeah. as well. We canceled uh, a youth mission trip to North Alabama over the summer. Our local. our um, monthly missions that we have done for years at the nursing home is basically permanently canceled because of yeah. uh, of Corona. Our another ministry that we do to a um, rescue mission, a rescue mission yeah. is not happening right now and it, it happened for a little while uh, after corona it kind of died down a little bit but now it's it now it's off again and on again so it's really affecting a lot of different things that we're doing as the body of Christ locally regionally and internationally yeah and and you know it's it's like taking a baseball team and saying you can um, you can practice but you can't play any games i mean that that the reason your team is to play games. Mm-hmm. You, you so so how do we deal with that? And I think maybe to me the answer is spend this time planning and preparing and praying and resourcing so that when the doors do open back up, you can get back in full swing. Sometimes the a- absence makes the heart grow fonder, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but you still have work left undone because. Work undone. You also have because you know the waterfront rescue mission and, and the North Alabama and Guatemala trip. Some of these trips, some of this ministry can can still happen yeah. without us going. But it's it's um, but it's it's that training. It's that experience. It's that the the person who goes to the local one and goes, hey, I really, I really enjoyed doing this. Or you know, I like serving. And then you know, then it's the next thing and. It's, so I think we're missing that part too. It's not just the the work and the ministry itself. It's the it's the experience for the person going. Um, well, it's, it's a all encompassing. It's loving God, loving people. It's the it's the aspect of of me through ministry being able to grow in my relationship with Christ. But there's also the giving aspect. So all all three of us in this room know personally missionaries who are still doing missionary work in other parts of the yeah. country. And in the world. As, I'm sorry, that's what I meant to say, in the world. And they still need support. Mm-hmm. They still need finances. So not slacking off on our giving toward 
and this particular part of the conversation, overseas missions, is still something that we, as the people of God, need to keep on the forefront of our minds. I, mm. If you give monthly toward organizations that are sending internationally, continue to do that. If Let that be a part of your ongoing worship of God, because giving is an aspect of worship. So let's continue to be able to do that. Let's continue to fund the missionaries who, even in the midst of COVID, are still doing missionary work, even though their work has drastically changed or either been tweaked, one of the two, or somewhere in the middle, it's still happening. So they still need to be con- they still need to be supported financially. So we have to continue to do that. That's probably even more desperately important now because of the uh, the corona, because now the people on the field who are already there, many of them, if they're American, they have chosen not to come home. They've chosen mm-hmm. to stay on the field, and which means that they're basically cut off. I mean, they're they're there, and with right. corn with countries quarantining for fourteen days and not allowing people in and out in different places, they they've literally chosen to say, "Okay, I'm giving up mm-hmm. the opportunity to go home," and and this is a this is a decision that I'm gonna have to live with. They're now doing the work that was being supported by us being there. And so whereas they would, would be able to share the load, they now have to do it all themselves. That is emotional stress. That's physical stress. Mm-hmm. Um, that's spiritual stress. So if there's ever been a time to be a missions-giving person, mm-hmm. now is the time. Um, now, we, we support the International Mission Board. That's part of who we are. And they do great work. Uh, matter of fact, um, for, if I were a missionary, I would want to be part of the IMB in this moment more than any other time mm-hmm. because they're going to take care of the medical issues. They're going to take care of um, the travel and the details, and they're going to take care of the, the salaries and financing. If you Imagine being a missionary and you are self-funded, so you have to come back on furlough and travel church to church to church and ask for donations. Those guys are really having a hard time right now, or at least many of them are as far as I know. Because if, if churches don't see you, and if they don't hear from you, yeah. uh, they're, they're, you know, and if their own budgets are getting tighter and tighter and tighter, well, that's right. the first thing that they, they often will, will start to eliminate. Right. And, and, you know, it makes Outside sense. Mind, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so, um, so giving right now is so important. And maybe that's, maybe that's the deal. Maybe that's where we put our focus. We say, look, we can't go, so we're going to take the money we would have used to go and we're going to give it to the people who are already there. And again, I'm tech, I'm talking about international on that, but that could be local as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know what. That's if, such an old school answer, but it's but it's an old school yeah. answer for a reason. We've said that for years. Like, hey, many of you in the congregation, you're not going to be able to go on this trip, but you can do these two things for us. You can pray and you can give money. Like we've said that for years, yeah. but now it's, but it's like true. a reality for everybody. Yeah, so, you know, and, and and it's yeah, we've said it because they're. they're even though we may have repeated it a gazillion times, there's a reason we've repeated it. It's the truth. It is the truth. And I think on the on the local level, for an individual to think missionally, to have a missional mindset, means to start cultivating a creative mindset as well. We we I say we that that's not the correct word. It some people think that because of lockdowns and because of organizations not opened up for the the typical go and visit type ministries that we've been doing. Therefore, there are no ministry opportunities, and that is absolutely incorrect. There's more ministry opportunities now than there was this time last year because of corona and COVID. Mm -hmm. So 
thinking creatively about the ways to bless people, to encourage people, to equip people, thinking of, uh, you know, one of the things that, it, that would be huge, huge, huge right now is writing notes of encouragement mm-hmm. to um, to the people that are on the front lines of Corona, but also the ones that aren't recognized. So we're, you know, we for for months now we've seen the signs and the balloons and everything saying we love our our nursing staff and our doctor mm-hmm. staff because they're front line uh, fighting uh, you know, the the fight that only a few can can fight right now with Corona. But there's so many other groups and individuals that need support that need help. So I may not be able to go to the nursing home, but I can write them notes. I can send them goodies. Mm-hmm. I can uh, be creative. I can send arts and crafts. I could order stuff off of Amazon and Oriental Training and send that to the the different groups that need that type of support. It's it's. I think Kevin, you you mentioned a minute ago about praying. That is so critical right mm-hmm. now, and it's not only praying for Corona to be eliminated and only for use the gifts kind of get back to some type of normalcy. But praying and asking God, God, how do I use the gifts that you've given me, the creativity that you've given me, what you've placed in my heart and my mind to be able to bless people in the name of Jesus yeah. and allow God through the Holy Spirit to talk to our hearts and our and our minds and, and think about it. But it has to be intentional. It's not just arbitrarily, I'm going to wake up one morning and say, hey, I feel like blessing people today, yeah. you know, and God gave me this dream and I'm, I'm going to do that. That may happen, but that's not going to be the majority of people. Yeah. God's going to bless those uh, who are seeking him and asking for the creative things to be given to them. So, you know, I can't go to the waterfront, but they're still, they have a need. What are their needs that I can meet? You know, we think about like, so we're talking about foreign missions. Somebody on the on the field, a missionary is already there. I don't think you're allowed to say that word well, anymore. Internationally, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just kidding. I'm so I'm still stuck in politically incorrect world over here. But um, okay, so international mission. Um, support the missionaries who are already on foot, who are already on the field there, and who know the situation. The same could go for local. I mean, even think about like the uh, nursing home here. That, that lady, is Tammy, is her name? Mm-hmm. Like, she's a missionary. I mean, yeah. like. Um, She's allowed in. We're not, but she works there. So um, that may be some of the creativity is thinking about how can we bless these people who have never been called a missionary necessarily. But, um, you know, and at the rescue mission here, there's people who work there who are still there. Um, So I don't know. Maybe that's some of the creativity is figuring out a way to bless these missionaries and because the the ones who are there. Because the topic is how do I, how, how do I continue to, to, invest in missions in the middle of what's going on in our world right yeah. now when everything yeah. is closing. And I, I think the key, the heartbeat of it is there's tons of missions that continue to happen. Mm-hmm. What, oh, asking God for eyes to see and ears to hear uh, of where he's moving, what he's directing, could be across the street, could be right down the road, could be somewhere else in the world. But God's got tons and tons and tons and tons of opportunities. You can read the the Christian magazines or or the pod listen to the podcast or read on the internet. There's so many ministerial needs um, all over the place. Yeah. yeah, I think a great uh we're onto something really great here in that everybody in the kingdom of God can do something. Nobody can do everything. And so what what we should do is as a as a follower of Jesus, ask God, say, God, where in your kingdom can I impact um, where can I have the impact? And then choose a place or choose a uh, a calling, a sentness, if we want to say it that mm-hmm. way. So I may be sent to 
this particular block of of a of a of a neighborhood, or I may be mm-hmm. called to these restaurants, to the servers in the restaurants, and so I focus my energies and say, I'm going to spend my time and effort ministering to and blessing the servers of these five restaurants, mm-hmm. which means I'm going to go in there, I'm going to get to know their names, and I'm going to give them a, a good tip, and I'm going to make sure that I, you know, as I develop a relationship, ask them questions about how your family and things like that. Um, and then we've, and, and if every believer would do that, yep. I believe God would give all of us a place enough to where we would cover the whole spectrum. Mm-hmm. But it takes everybody doing their part. Um, we have a, a church member, and I won't call her name, but she's amazing at doing this. She told me the story not too long ago. She said that her neighbor, um, if I remember the story correctly, her neighbor's uh, husband had died. And she was wanting to reach out to her, and she was, but she never really could like get in. You know, it was kind of a, kind of a closed conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, and I probably because of the hurt and the loneliness and all that. Well, one day she happened to somehow mention that she needed to go get some ice, and the neighbor said, "Well, I have an ice machine. It's in the garage. Anytime you need ice, just let me know and come get it." And she says, "That's it. God just opened up a door." So almost every day she needs ice, whether she needs it or not. So she goes over to get ice just to be able to be in contact with this neighbor. And I thought, you are a genius. That is the heart of God. She's she's looking for ways, and when she sees it, she goes, okay, I'll take it. it." And and they've developed this beautiful relationship all because of Mm -hmm. her quote-unquote need for ice. Hmm. And if we would just... And you know what? The thing is, she didn't have to create that. She was sim- she simply said yes to God. God, I will I will do what you asked me to do. There was an opportunity. She went through the door, and it's blossomed into a beautiful thing. Would you call her a missionary on a on a mission? Field? Absolutely. <laughs> Ab- well, that's true missional thinking. Sure. That is true missionary thinking. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about this on Sunday. That that. Our finish line needs to be that we that we did what God called us to do. You know, we need to we need to, but but we can't do what God calls us to do unless we know what God calls us to do. I'm I'm convinced most believers haven't really given that a whole lot of thought. You know, faith is more of just something that we we added to our life. Yeah, put it on the shelf. Yeah, pull it down when we need it. Yeah, or or, or it, you know, it's a routine. It's the regular mm-hmm. faith, according to the Scripture, though is the central core of who we are, and mm-hmm. everything's built around that. And it, and it informs every decision. It informs every vacation. When it is it informs... dead? Faith without... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean... Exactly. Yeah. If you're not exercising your faith, mm-hmm. you have to ask the question, do you really have faith? Right. So, um, but I think, I think if we all said, to whom am I sent? That's the first question. And it doesn't mean that you only sent to one. I, I actually think that as you start focusing on things, God gives you more and more and more. Right. Because if you're faithful in the little things, He's going to be faithful. He's going to He's going to trust you with more. And it's also seasonal. Yeah. And that absolutely. Some some of the things that many of us have been called to for many years, that season is if it's not over, it's on hiatus because of what's happening in in our world and our culture because of COVID. So. Uh, if that season's over, we got another season that we're investing in. What is it that, that is our calling and our direction right now? Uh, the one of the stories that comes to my mind is I'm a shout out to my wife. Um, she is investing in the middle school and high school teachers, not high school, middle school and elementary school teachers, hmm. where our student, our, our our 
personal children go to school. And, you know, she's thinking of ways and helping creatively invest and love on the teachers who are having a tremendously difficult <laughs> year. Yeah. It has been, yeah. it's... Weren't it, trained for this, were you? Oh, yeah. my goodness. And, and if you were, it was 30 years ago. I mean, right? my, it, it, it's unbelievable that the strain and stress that we don't yeah. even acknowledge that these teachers are going through yeah. and administrative staff at the schools and she's you know baking pound cakes and doing all these different i'm a teacher things and yeah. and uh, i teach every week she, but wendy if you're listening wendy. she <laughs> that, that's that and she'll tell you that's where that's where god's called her is to those two areas yeah. and she is she's in a position to have positive influence on on folks that are there and, and for it's the, beautiful and for the teacher listening you're a missionary as well i mean the I, this is this whole redefining you're a missionary and you're a missionary and you're a missionary it's true it is true you're a missionary so you're on the mission field and how you look at how you, it, i think if you view yourself that way mm-hmm. it really changes your your perspective right because now you're you're not just doing a job you're not just showing up because mm-hmm. it's a way to make a living you've been sent by God. Mm-hmm. That is an awesome thought, that Wendy was sent by God. And it, mm-hmm. God doesn't need her, so to speak, but he chooses to involve her in his work. That is an awesome, awesome privilege. And you guys know, this, this happened many times over the years, where you just got those days where it's just like, why am I doing that? You know, just, mm-hmm. you just, and you get that one note of encouragement, that one email, that one pound cake, you know, sent to you. Thanks, Wendy. I'm so... That has actually happened. I mean, I actually have had the pound cake sent. But it, 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 just a small, small gesture yeah. goes such a long ways. And I know that these teachers, I mean, I know that's doing that for them. It has to be. It's a shot in the arm. You know, it's like, all right. And that's going. that's partly what I meant at the beginning when, I'm talk, when, I, when I mentioned <clears throat> uh, using your giftedness to be able to bless others. So for her, baking and yeah. making goodies, that's one way of doing it. For someone else, it is making notes. I think about a dear senior adult that passed away in our church a few years ago, Miss Betty. Mm-hmm. But my word, mm-hmm. a drop of a hat. She, she's yeah. every, every Monday, she's writing all of these notes and sticking them in the mail. I got so many letters mm-hmm. from her. Just absolutely beautiful. So if that is what God's placed in you, and that's your heart, do that. Think about people mm-hmm. that you could write to, notes of encouragement, gifts. Um, you know, all of these different things are, are beautiful ways to be able to minister in a culture that is a really a no-touch culture right now. No-touch and, and, and mean. Like, people are so yeah. mean right now. Like, to be a smiling face, even, just to say thank you is such a welcome <laughs> to taste society. I'm reminded of the biblical story of Jesus um, gathering the, the crowd on the hillside and he's you know there's 5,000 people there and not including women and children so you probably have 10,000 plus yeah. people there and uh, it's getting late and his disciples come in and they say hey send these ki- send these people home it's, it's, it's time for them to go home and get something to eat and Jesus said you give them something to eat now that's impossible. Right. I mean, the, the disciples must have looked at each other and said, um, "Is his is his math wrong, or is he blind? What what's up here?" And they said to Jesus, "How, how are we supposed to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, we there's no way a year's worth of wages would not feed all these people." And what was Jesus' question? He said, "How much do you have? Hmm. How much do you have?" Mm-hmm. So they went out and they found a little boy with two uh, fishes and five loaves. That's what they had completely inadequate to provide for all of the people. But that's what he had. 
And the thing is, I doubt the disciples stole it from him. He had to give it. Yeah. And so this so if you look at it this way, God delivered that situation through a little boy who was simply willing to give what he had. Mm-hmm. And so he said, okay, now, and think about that. You know, the kid was probably, let's, let's guess, eight, nine, ten, I don't know. Food is a big deal, especially in those days. So to give your food to a stranger, I mean, you're, you're, you're taking away from yourself and possibly not going to get anything from it because some stranger asks you, hey, can I have your food? That, that's a big step of faith. Maybe, just maybe, he had been listening to Jesus like nobody else was listening. Maybe he said to himself—I'm just speculating here. Maybe the kid said to himself, if what this guy is saying is true, then I can't lose by giving him what I have. And so he gives it, and then Jesus, of course, blesses it. There's the blessing, right? And he gives it to his disciples and said, have the people sit down and start start giving the food out. And there was so much food that everybody ate until not only were they full, but there were leftovers, and there were 12 basketfuls left. And I think to myself, if we could encourage people who are listening and people in the church, people who, who say they're followers of Jesus, simply to, to, to give what they have, knowing that it's not enough, but knowing that God always takes what's not enough and he makes it just enough and then even adds some to it a lot of times, mm-hmm. we would meet so many of the needs of the world that, that otherwise are going unmet. Um, that's what Wendy's doing. She yep. said, what do I have? Well, I'm a baker. I make pound cakes. I'll just, that, I guess that's what I'll do. And there's no doubt in my mind at some point she's going to stand before God and you're going to have a teacher walk by and go, Wendy, did you, you have no idea, but that, yeah, I was actually thinking the Ray Bulls thank you song. Yeah. It should be a pound cake in there somewhere. But anyways, that's what I think. Missions, uh, missions has certainly changed, but perhaps in the in the in the present, it's changed for the better because it's made us really rethink being missional. I think that's being missional. The heart of it still still needs to be there. So, be missional where you can be missional. Do missions where you can do missions. Make a pound cake. Write a letter. Say thank you. I mean, the heart of it is still there. Know your neighbor. Know your neighbor. Yeah, that, that's probably a huge one now. Yeah, imagine that. We yeah. travel all across the world, and we, yet yeah. we don't even know our neighbor. Right, right. It's the intentionality. We have to intentionally choose this. Yeah. So um, let's try to wrap this up. So my prayer is that people listening will get serious about the question, to whom am I being sent? To whom am I called? To whom am I sent? And start there. Um, and I hope that they will do that and try to do that collectively. So not just by themselves. Try to get some other people engaged with them. One believer is cool, but when you have a handful of believers doing the same thing, one believer is an, an anomaly. But when you have two or three or five or ten doing the same thing, then people start to wonder, say, wow, that's that's really something else. There, it's not just an anomaly. There's mm-hmm. something going on here in the heart um, I think it helps you too. Like we use it a lot in weddings, but the cord of three strands is not easily broken. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, uh, if I'm if I'm flying solo and doing something by myself, there's days where it just ain't happening. You know, yeah. 
but if there's others depending on me or encouraging me or helping it. me, you, yeah, you can do it. Then it, it's more likely, you know, sharing the ministry. Um, yeah, it's always more fun when you got other people with yeah. you. But if you don't have anybody, that doesn't mean don't do what God's no, called you to do. Get started. Yeah, yeah get started. Take a step. Yep. Also, uh, I would say this Christmas, consider giving. Uh, consider the presence being uh, giving to someone else by giving to someone else. Yeah. Especially adults, you know. I don't need some. I don't need another thing. If I want a thing, I go buy a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it means a lot when somebody says, "You know what? I gave twenty dollars to this this missionary in China in your name." That's that's better than a widget to me, you know. Um, so consider doing that. There's mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of ways to do. It. You you can buy a goat. The International Mission Board actually has a global something. I can't remember the name of it, but um, they have a, a, a ministry where you you go to the ministry and you buy a goat or you buy a cow. You know, forty bucks, twenty bucks. What you buy a chicken, you buy a well, and then you can provide a need for somebody in the world through the in the name of Jesus, and yet you. Give that as a gift to somebody here. That's pretty cool. I just thought that age-old question. You know, what do you buy the person who has everything? Get somebody a goat. goat. <laughs> they don't have a goat, I bet you. You know what? That's true, though. I bet That's you. really true. They don't have a goat. Yeah. That's really true. Instead of buying a widget, buy a goat. So You're not going to believe what I bought you this year. <laughs> I'm pro- you'll never guess it. I promise you. It's bad. <laughs> oh, it's the, it's, your gift is the goat. <laughs> Oh, no, no, really, the goat. The goat. No, seriously. <laughs> okay. Oh man! All right. Any oh. final words? Yeah, we just took it to a new. Took level. Took it totally to a new level. All right. Please share this podcast. Okay. Please share this podcast. <laughs> you know what? That is true. If you if you enjoy this, if you think there's value in it, and if you um, if you believe that it might help somebody else to just think differently about the gospel, about living out your faith. Please share this on your Facebook. Share it on your, um, you know, whatever social media platform you're on, and um, and we'll be grateful. So, until the next time, we will see you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. You want to know more? Check us out at www storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com